This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that's getting tired of making fun of Manchester United. And if you believe that, you probably believe that United still have a shot for the title this season. <laughs> With me is Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Who, as a hardcore United fan, is justified in his slagging. I am Faisal American. I do it because it's fun. Consider it payback after decades of banter. Karami Kamil isn't here today. He's emulating Cristiano Ronaldo by going AWOL. No second guesses about what we're going to start with. The Manchester Derby happened at the Etihad over the weekend. It ended with Man City hammering United 4-1. No Ronaldo, no Edison Cavani. They probably saw the writing on the wall and just split. <laughs> City got the win thanks to braces from Kevin De Bruyne and Riyad Mahrez. Uh, United were just dreadful. Now, to hammer home the point, United were limited to just five shots of which Two were on target. They also had 30% possession, while uh, City had 70% overall. But after their third goal, City had something like 92% possession. Yeah, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> You've said it all. Uh, look, as a United fan, this one was a hard one to watch. La. And I'm, I'm sure you felt the same way as well as a Liverpool supporter because you were <laughs> hoping for United to do you guys a favour, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But but this epitomized why City are the defending champions and currently top of the standings, while United can't even hold on to fourth place, you know? Uh, I, I said before the match in our last show that this one could end up being a cagey game, but I couldn't have been more wrong. And it was mainly because United were so bad. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, all, all the stats just, just shows that they could hardly string together a decent attack. They were a shambles in defence with Harry Maguire at the centre of that. Uh, and granted, like you said, they were without Ronaldo, no Cavani, also no Luke Shaw and Rafael Varane. But still, uh, I just expected United to put up more of a fight. It, it it seemed like they just, at one point, just gave up. Like what Roy Keane was saying, you know, whining and complaining about United. It seemed like they gave up. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, Maguire earlier. Um after the match, uh, Maguire pointed out United's biggest weakness in the game. It was Harry Maguire. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, apparently, it was their inability to keep the ball. But I think my joke made uh, more sense than what he said, right? I mean, I mean, what is the point of keeping Maguire at United? Um, look, I, I don't think it'll make a big difference either way because Maguire is only part of the problem at United at the moment. The other players should also shoulder the blame. Now, you could tell when you watch the match, uh, the, the, the Manchester derby, you could tell by the players' body language that this is a team that is struggling to pick itself up. You know, some of the players looked like they didn't want to be there. Others, like Maguire, looked like they shouldn't be there. And, <laughs> and after the match, apparently some of the players came out to say that part of the reason why they've been performing so badly recently is all this uncertainty over the who, who the new manager is going to be next season. And I think they have at least a bit of a point here because 
if you don't know who the next manager is going to be, if you don't know what your own chances are going to be like next season, then it's hard to motivate yourself for, for every match. Now, I'm not saying that this is the only reason that they've been so lousy this, this season, but it is a contributing factor. Uh, okay, you know the term not seeing the forest for the trees, right? What you said, uh, isn't it not seeing the trees for the forest? I mean, shouldn't they concentrate on the short term first? I mean, they've got an interim manager now and their results matter for next season. So I don't know, that that excuse just doesn't make sense for me. Um, well, yeah, you see, that, that's why I said it, it somewhat makes sense because you look at players like Marcus Rashford, you look at players uh, like uh, Edinson Cavani and all that, who are not getting any game time. And, you know, uh, uh, Rashford, if I'm not mistaken, started on the bench for the Manchester Derby, even though Ronaldo and, and Cavani were not there. So for a player like him, you, do, you don't know what the future holds for you. You know, if Rangnick, say for some reason, Rangnick stays on next season, then, you know, Rashford knows that pretty much, yeah, he's not going to get any chances. And then, you know, he, he doesn't know, let's say, if Pochettino comes in, what are, what are his, his chances in the team going to be? So, it does play a part in, in terms of when you are certain of your place in the team, it does bring about a little bit more of that, that confidence. You're a bit more assured. So yeah, I, I'm not blaming this entirely for why they've been, they've been so lousy, but uh, what, what I'm saying is, it plays a part. It's a contributing factor. You spoke about Rashford, right? Um, Rashford said he's now considering his uh, United future. Apparently, he said he feels his career has stalled and is worried that his lack of game time could hurt his England chances. Uh, not exactly the best thing to say after a heavy loss like that. Huh? Yeah, you know, it could be another case of him trying to like <laughs> cover his butt, so to speak. Um, you know, but, but honestly, I think he is right to be considering his options because he has been one of United's standout performers in recent seasons. Maybe not so much this season because of injuries and all that. But I do think that it would be an absolute shame if he does leave because a lot of people were hoping that the, the rebuilding of Man United, if you want to call it that, would be done with young players like Rashford and, and Jaden Sancho at the heart of the team. Uh, but like you mentioned, with his lack of game time, you, you can understand why he's having second thoughts about United. All right. So the result means United are in fifth place. Uh, they'd be lucky to get a spot in the uh, Europa Conference at this point. Um, Man City maintained their EPL lead six points clear of Liverpool, who had a 1-0 win over West Ham. Uh, and it looks like City are heading for the title. Um, with... 10 games or so, around 10 games to go this season, right? Uh, yeah. We've reached a part of the campaign where one slip-up could prove devastating. And I think that the City-Liverpool match on April 10th is now even more important than ever. And it could have huge implications on the title race. Uh, before that match uh, at the Etihad, City will have to play Crystal Palace and Burnley, while Liverpool are up against Brighton, Arsenal and Watford. So by the time City play Liverpool, uh, the gap could be down to just three points. So mm -hmm. it, it, it does make for a very interesting and a very dramatic end to the season. Uh, I don't think it's done and dusted just yet. I, I think a lot will hinge on, on that uh, City-Liverpool match at the Etihad. Meanwhile, Tottenham had a 5-0 win over Everton, who are just one point above the relegation zone, but uh, they do have games in hand, Nick. So do you see the Toffees going down? Uh, it's it, it's not looking good for Everton and Frank Lampard, is it? Uh, I know, yeah, they have games in hand, but 
by the next match, they could very well find themselves right in the middle of a legit relegation battle. I mean, like right in the bottom three. Uh, the thing is, Everton is a proud club with a very proud history and it would be devastating for them if they go down. But with just around, like I said, 10 games or, or, or so to go this season, I don't know if there's enough time for them to get rid of Lampard and bring someone else in to try and, and salvage their campaign. So it looks like they're stuck with him. And this puts Everton in very dangerous territory right now. And it must be very worrying times for the supporters. Also in the Premier League at the weekend, Chelsea beat Burnley 4-0. Arsenal had a 3-2 win over Watford to lie in fourth place. Uh, one of their goals had a so-called assist by boss Mikel Arteta. A brilliant assist. <laughs> Aston Villa, 4-0 win over Southampton. Leicester beat Leeds 1-0. Crystal Palace, 2-0 victors over Wolves. Newcastle edged Brighton 2-1. And uh, Brentford, 3-1 victory over Norwich. Now, Nick, let's move on to Formula One. Over the weekend, we had word that Haas finally bit the bullet and sacked Russian driver Nikita Mazepin. Uh, his place was already considered untenable, right, because of the uh, in- invasion of Ukraine and uh, Haas dropping their title sponsor, which happens to be his dad. Yeah, th- this is not a surprising move at all. And, and I personally don't think it had anything to do with Mazepin per se. Rather, it had Everything, uh, everything to do with the title sponsor, which, like you mentioned, is co-owned by his dad, uh, who is also said to be a close ally of Vladimir Putin. So the sponsor had to go. No two ways about it. But because the sponsorship was contingent on Nikita getting a race seat in the team, we have a situation where if the sponsor goes, then the driver has to go as well. So uh, mm-hmm. the, the media has been reporting this as Haas sacking Mazepin and all that. But for me, I look at it, I think of it more of a case of them sacking the sponsor and then the driver having to leave as a result as well. It's not a shame to see him go, right? Okay, putting aside he was basically a pay driver, Mazepin has hardly been the best ambassador for F1. Uh, Before he joined, you remember, there was that groping scandal. Um, Also, his decisions and uh, performances on the track weren't exactly uh, what you would consider Formula 1 quality, right? Yeah, I, I honestly don't think anyone is going to miss Nikita Mazepin. You know, not the other drivers, not the fans, unless you're the kind of fan who likes to see crashes, lah, maybe. <laughs> PA drivers already have this reputation of, of only being there because they brought in massive sponsorship with that. But Mazepin, I think, took it to a whole new level with his behavior, like you mentioned, off the track, but particularly because of his, his, uh, sort of lack of quality. On the track, you know, he, he was a driver who would not only put other drivers at risk at times, sometimes it'll be an empty track, clear day, dry track, and he'll somehow find a way to spin out, you know, hence his, mm-hmm. his sort of nickname, you know, Miser Spin. So, uh, yeah, not, not surprising at all that people are not going to miss him, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, he's the type of driver that makes Mahavira Gunathan uh, look good. If you don't know who he is, look him up. It's brilliant. According to reports, Haas has a short list of potential replacements for uh, Mazepin. Among them are Haas reserve driver Pietro Fittipaldi, Formula 2 champion Oscar Piastri, fellow Formula 2 driver Jehan Ruvala. He's one of the uh, rising talents from India. And also former Aston Martin driver Antonio Giovinazzi. 
Elsewhere, the uh, MotoGP season kicked off with the Qatar Grand Prix. Ducati's Enya Bastianini won it ahead of uh, Brad Binder of KTM. No, not that one. <laughs> uh, reigning champion Fabio Quattararo finished uh, ninth after qualifying in 11th. Now, moving on to a sport that neither of us understands, uh, cricket. Australian legend Shane Warne passed away of a suspected heart attack at the age of 52. Uh, he was widely considered one of the greatest bowlers in the sport's history. And to highlight how big an impact he had, right, um, the state of Victoria said it's offering him a state funeral. Meanwhile, the uh, famed Melbourne Cricket Ground will be renamed in his honour. Well, that wraps it up for yet another episode of the Potball Sportscast. But before we go, I just want to say that with all that's happening globally, it is understandable that things can get a bit overwhelming. So try to stay positive, my friends. Take care of your health, both mentally and physically. Remember, you are awesome. We love you all. I'm Faisal Merikan. And I'm Nicholas John. 